0: Hello faithful listeners, this is Pastor John Clowater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30 and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead.
1: After his initial appearance, Jesus showed up to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, gathered there together were Simon Peter... Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to the group, I'm going fishing. We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Children, you have no fish. Nope, arms are empty. Oh, cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. Wait, wait, what? It's in the script. We're just reading it, not acting it. Keep your clothes on, Simon. Thank God. Thank God indeed. Can I finish? Sure. As I was saying, the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have caught. Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them, and though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him who he was, because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples, after he was raised from the dead.
0: Grace and peace to you, my siblings in Christ. Uh, It is Confirmation Sunday, and I just want you to kind of pause and think about what an adventure that must have been for these students. These students who started this journey three years ago of officially taking these confirmation classes. Their experience has truly been one of a kind. They showed up in seventh grade, and one of the first things that we did was we asked each of the groups to come up with their own nickname, their own group name, their, their team name. And so uh, one of the groups said, We're going to be the Tide Pods. We're like, The what? Yeah, you remember the Tide Pod challenge? Yeah, back then when we did really silly, crazy things like that, this group decided they wanted that to be their, their team nickname. And so this is a picture of those Tide Pods way back a few years ago. You may recognize those kids, or you might not recognize them, but they literally just read the gospel to you a second ago. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how much that they've grown up? This picture was taken February 26, 2020. And Think about what happened, like about two weeks after that. Two weeks later, quarantine, masks, Zoom small group. You know, so often I spent my time teaching the Confirmation students about the importance of faith and how faith is important to build up our relationships with each others with, with each other and with, and with God, especially when times are difficult. Well, for such a time as this, they truly got to live into that. Their small groups carried each other through the ups and downs of these last few years. I love how the Tide Pod group, now all grown up, was able to help us read the gospel today. Jesus returns to the disciples after the resurrection and they go fishing. And Simon is naked. Not literally, but uh, Simon is naked and so he has to put on some clothes. Which was by far the biggest question that the old guys asked on Tuesday morning. What's the deal with Simon being naked? Why? Which was followed up with the why does he put on clothes to then go swimming? So of course, That required further research. Why on earth is Simon naked and needs to get dressed to go swimming? Well, the best answer I could come up with is that he was wearing his fisherman's outfit, which was ill-prepared to be in the water to go swimming in, so he needs to cover up, be able to tuck in his garments so that he won't be weighed down when he goes into the water. But then what about the deeper meaning? There's got to be something behind this, right? The women of wisdom were actually very helpful in making that connection to say, isn't it possible that Simon's nakedness is a connection to the Garden of Eden, where Simon Peter now learns that it's the Lord and recognizes he's naked. Perhaps all of the guilt comes back to his mind. It comes flooding back. He remembers the three times that he denies Jesus. He remembers not getting a chance to say, I'm sorry, before Jesus dies on the cross. When Adam and Eve get caught in the garden, and realize that they're naked, they receive punishment. Is it possible that Peter is anticipating a similar fate? That's how God works, right? Yet no longer naked Peter and his disciples gather around and have breakfast. And Jesus takes the bread, breaks it, and then he takes the fish and shares that with them. And while this has a feel of holy communion to it, It's also very similar to that miracle of feeding the 5,000 with a few loaves and a few fish. And so somebody decided they needed to count. There's 153 fish. What an odd detail to include. Really? Somebody counted the fish and then had to say, yes, they're large fish. It's a big number, but in, in terms of biblical numbers, memorable biblical numbers, I don't remember that one coming up. So is this part of some secret mathematical formula? Is it representative of the number of species of fish in the known world at the time? Maybe. Is it just the literal amount of fish that were caught? Also a distinct possibility. But it also could be a reminder of God's abundance and God's presence. You see, without Jesus, the disciples weren't able to catch these fish. Yet after they see him and they know that it's him, Here they are, and the boat is overflowing. They've left Jerusalem. They've they've resumed these previous activities. They've left Jerusalem to go fishing, and what aren't they doing? They aren't spreading the good news. They're not going out and telling the world. Jesus spent all that time telling them that's what you have to do, and yet they've reverted back to something that was comfortable. And so maybe these fish are representative of the world, the great big world, the world that is around us, to go out and be fishers of people. And then Jesus takes that metaphor of fishing and decides, well, let's go all in and let's go away from the fish and let's compare everything to sheep. Peter, I want you to be the shepherd of my flock. Peter now finally gets an opportunity for, for some absolution. But Jesus doesn't make it easy on him. So the passage immediately after what the Tide Pods read for us goes like this. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Well, tend my sheep. Jesus asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? To the point now where Peter feels hurt because he'd asked him three times if he loved Jesus. Peter said, Lord, you know everything, everything. You know that I love you. So Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and somebody will fasten a belt around you to take you where you do not wish to go. And then, in parentheses, the writer said, He says this to end, indicate the kind of death which would glorify God. And then Jesus said, Follow me. This echoes the three times where Peter denies knowing Jesus. And then Jesus dies on the cross. And how does Jesus treat Peter when he sees him after the resurrection? Does he scold him? Rub it in, do a little bit of I told you so, maybe throwing on some nice guilt, or there's maybe punishment. No. Jesus is grace filled. He asks him, Do you love me? And then he shows his friend, Peter, that he cares about him, and he asks Peter to love him in return. He calls him to go out into the world to care for others in the world that God made just like the baptismal promises that we make and the affirmation that these kids are going to make today because this is truly an act of love. Being one of the very first followers of Jesus means that Peter would die sharing that message. Jesus knows this. He knows that he's not asking him to do something easy. But the words of resurrection and new life that he has to share might not be well-received. Peter, you're going to be led to your death in chains. But I need you to tend the sheep anyway. Live into the calling. It's time to lead this group. It's time to live the mission and vision of Jesus and share the good news. And so that's our calling too. We make that promise all the time. We made that promise just a few minutes ago with Parker when he was baptized and his sponsors stood up here. And your sponsors are going to receive a letter today reminding them of the promises that they've made to teach him the faith, the faith to model his relationship, their relationship with God. And so we, we remember that too. As a congregation, we also promised to pray for him. We promised to affirm his baptism, to walk with him, to show him what it means to be part of this community. Our students today are also going to share a message, but they'll have a chance to uh, reflect on, on what this experience has been like. As they have been able to walk as yet by faith, part of their assignments and activities was to actually reach out to their baptismal sponsors, to those godparents, ask them questions. What, what was it like that day that you stood up here next to me and the water went over my head? What were you thinking? How have you walked with me since I was baptized? Our students have reached out to some of you, members of faith, to say, what's it like to serve in this congregation? What's it like to be a part of the body of Christ? Why is serving important to you? And their final project was actually something new. We, we asked them to take the five ministry areas of our congregation, learning, service, support, witness, and worship. And each of these groups had to take a different one of these and say, why is this important to our congregation? Not every sheep is the same. Not every, every uh, part of the body of Christ is the same. We are all gifted with different things. We can't all be learners. We can't all be witnesses. But we can do all of these things together. And so thinking about how each of these gifts makes up who we are as the body of Christ. So they talked about how they are able to reflect their spiritual gifts. How they see God's grace working in each of these ministry areas. And if anything... As these students affirm their baptism this morning, my hope is that this group of 15-year-olds will see that the world's bigger than themselves, that God's calling them out of their boats into a world where people are going to need help, where God is calling them to tend the sheep, into a world where we've been created to serve and to love others when that's not always the message that we hear from outside. Our job is to be grace filled, even when it is really difficult to do. I want to talk about grace. Think about all that these students have been through in the last three years. And they've experienced what it means to be the church. It doesn't end today, today is just the beginning. I'm grateful for them as they reflect each of these ministry areas. I'm grateful that they are witnesses to God's grace. I'm grateful for their patience their kindness, their compassion to each other. And I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for this church to walk alongside and encourage them because that is our calling. We're called to tend the flock together. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.